Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Friday. It's my favorite Lori and Julia show of the week, except for maybe Sex Monday. But <laughs> we get a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. It's always new music Friday, so that's coming up. And let's let's have some fun. Let's, let's kick off the weekend. How, how was your day off, Rocco? It was super nice. You know, it was like I had some buddies in town. We usually get together for the NFL draft because uh. we're kind of sports dorks that way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we went and had some uh, beers and seafood at Sea Salt and then golfed at Fort Snelling, and then watch the draft. It was quite the day off, so thank you. Yeah, nice. Well, don't thank us. I believe you have all kinds of vacation days that are <laughs> That's true. I, we, I yeah, know. we all do. We all do. We all do. Oh, gosh. Uh, I was so shocked. Casey did not watch the draft. He just watched his phone as his son was informing him because he's still penalizing the Vikings. He is. Well, <laughs> why is he penalizing the Vikings? Because they he's have had, a lifelong Viking fan and, and we're he continues to be crushed. We are. Yeah. So yeah. how he punishes them is, you know, I'm sure they're really worried about it. <laughs> right. I went over to my neighbor's last night just to check in because it's yeah. nice out again. You can yeah, yeah. walk across. And um, and she was watching the draft. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I watched it last year with my son. And it's kind of interesting how it all, what happens behind the scenes and everything. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And then I thought, went home and thought, no, not no, going to do it. Like not going to do it. it. And it and Rebel didn't play last night on ABC because that's where the draft was. Uh, that's right. So I was kind of like. So my mom was very disappointed because she's fallen hook, line, and sinker for that show. Oh, it's so good. And Declan next door at Score North said he's, they're very pleased with what the Vikings did. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, good. they're well, very, good. very yes. pleased. Are you pleased? Yeah, they drafted a big six foot five, 320 pound guy to block for Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook. So that's that's kind of what we needed. All right. All right. Well, that's that's good. A mountain of a man. A mountain of a man. Larry likes to say that. In your prison, sexy prison warden, or what do you call my brother? Sexy jailer. My sexy jailer. Yeah, he gave me a ride last night, and I'm like laughing, saying, uh, you've got a couple of, what, five more days till you let out your sexy prisoner? Yes. You tell you're vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. And he just laughed. I know it. I know it. Um, she made her sexy jailer give me a ride last night because she was sick of me. We'd already been together all day. And <laughs> We'd my, been together since 11 in the I morning know. for And I needed a ride to get my car. And she's like, call Casey. He'll do it. Just bond with your brother. When's the last time you hung out in the car with him? <laughs> it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a over while. a year, Lori. Oh, I was so sad to see this in the Star Tribune what? today. Uh, Chris Riemann Schneider. Uh, wrote a notable obituary. Anybody who's a fan of Dr. Mambo's Combo, which is anybody, anybody who's the last right. 32 years going to bunkers, um, 
Uh, Billy France has passed away. He is a guitar great. He jammed with Prince and Johnny Lang, and um, he he. He had announced last year his retirement from Dr. Mambo's Combo, okay. and then Bunkers was closed. And right. Then, but he wanted to come back. He just wasn't for staying at home. And he passed away at his home in Egan at the age of 72. Oh, that's so young. Either a heart attack. And um, Chris really got some great stories. So Billy Franz regularly jammed with Prince and toured with Johnny Lang. And his nickname in Dr. Mambo's Combo was The Reverend. And talking to the Star Tribune for the 30th anniversary of Mambo's Combo in 2017, Billy was, uh, or The Reverend, was less interested in bragging about the many times he dueled with Prince on guitar at the band show. He was more proud of how many combo members had gone on to play with Prince. He oh, stole cool. half the band for his own band, so that tells you something. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, he played on... Albums with Rosie Gaines and the Steels. He was part of the band that backed Mavis Staples when she toured as Prince's opening act in 1990. And Michael Bland, um, we had him on our show not yes, that we long did. ago for the nice song, song Enough. a couple weekends ago at Minneapolis Music Cafe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said to Raymond Schneider, Billy Franz might be the only musician I know who Prince never said a cross word to or about. One of Michael Bland's favorite uh, Reverend stories about the combo gigs. Prince walked up from his regular booth at Bunkers, wrote a note on a napkin, and laid it at the guitarist's feet as he finished a fiery Jimi Hendrix mashup of Voodoo Ch- uh, Child and the Star Spale Bang- Banner. And the note read, Quit it, you're white. And that was oh, Prince's funny. way of praising him. Yes. And uh, Billy Franz, aka the Reverend, backed the teenage Johnny Lang. In the studio on his breakout 97 hit, Lie to Me. Then in 2000, he was enlisted to tour with Lang. And he that was about a three-year tour. Another guitar was uh, mentored by Billy Franz. Late show was Stephen Colbert regular Corey Wong, who just said he was absolutely gutted to hear the news. But he said he just encouraged younger musicians to chase their unique sound and um, really great guy. People also know him from, he was a regular on organ night at the uh, Artist Quarter in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Say his name one more time. Billy Franz. All right. And um, he played with everybody, you know, Doug Maynard, Mick Sterling, Patty Peterson. And, and Lisa Franz said her husband's proudest achievement was Mambo's Combo. And Mambo's Combo was going to perform June 13th at the Hook and Ladder, an outdoor mm-hmm. show. And it's still happening, but it'll be a tribute to uh, to uh, Billy. Billy the Reverend Franz. Oh, yeah. So that's very young. Yeah, that's young. We've lost a lot of Twin Cities yeah, musicians. musicians. With yeah, we John have Dickerson and um, what the gal who was in here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm why is her name escaping me? No, Not Yolanda. No, um, Glory, we will do it. Never mind. Shoot. Shoot, that's it's just too many. But all right, moving on to just some other Minnesota news. Um, movie shoot is coming to the North Shore, Julia. It is a feature film will be shot in Duluth and on the North Shore and all the way up to Grand Marais What's next the movie? month. It's um, you know, because they've been trying to attract productions. Yes, and they they've have. got a million dollars for rebates on film and TV. And the guy who's doing the movie, I don't know. Maximilian Salim. I don't know if he's Ali Salim's 
right. brother or something, right. but it's a psychological thriller about a Korean couple vacationing in northern Minnesota, and it'll shoot for three weeks, starting in May, Duluth, all along the shore, all the way to Grand Marais. And Maximilian, one of the producers and a St. Paul native, said, I've always been shocked at how this is totally untapped frontier for production. And he didn't even know about the rebate, he said, but uh, it's putting us in a position to succeed with an otherwise low-budget, fairly ambitious project. So he said this rebate in this movie is going to put the region on the map. Another feature-length movie, Way of the Warriors, started shooting on the Iron Range this winter with a $350,000 grant. So they're trying to get They're doing it up north. They're doing it up north. Good Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, And you know, when you think about it, because like some of the shows we're watching, like Big Sky, which is shot in Vancouver, it doesn't look anything like Big Sky, Montana. Right. It doesn't. And I've spent 35 plus, we've spent so much time there. It doesn't look anything like it. Yeah. So to imagine having a sh- something really literally shot on Lake Superior on the North Shore and the beauty of that, yeah. it looks different than other places around the world. Yeah, so really that's does. really cool. I want to let everyone know the governor just tweeted out that the Minnesota State Fair, they're hoping to be a nor- somewhat normal event um, this year. And um, that's the touchstone that everyone is waiting for. So we've been planning ahead like it's on. It's on. And it looks good to him. And he said with the vaccine, Vaccines going and everybody continuing to get vaccinated. And if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the young girl that just passed away in southern Minnesota. Do it for young kids. Do it for school teachers who have to keep going on and offline because kids are getting COVID. Yeah. Do it for other people. Think beyond yourself. Is all I'm going to say, and that is my thing. And you can get it on weekends, Mm -hmm. and you can get it if you're so busy. You can do it, you know, weekends. Yeah, it's so easy. I don't know why people want to take a chance. It's lazy. It's laziness too. Getting it scheduled and stuff. Yep, not caring about anybody but yourself, and just thinking it's just me, and I'll take my chances. Well, no, because you could, you could be transmitting it. Right, and the and the people who didn't go get their second shot. There's um, AARP um, Minnesota just did this big story on five things that benefit you to get your second silly shot, of course. So you can go to AARPMinnesota.org to find out more information there as well. Very good. Well, when we get back. Preach the preach, Laura. Yeah, we got to do it. Hot vac summer. That's our day. Yeah, hot vac summer. (laughs) We're all for it. Uh Uh-huh. All right. When we come back, uh, it's Hollywood and we can't get enough of it. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We're just going to get to a mishmash of Hollywood news. Um, Ann Douglas, who's the widow of Kirk Douglas and the stepmother of Michael Douglas, passed away at her home in Beverly Hills at the wonderful age of 102. And she died a year and a half after her husband, Kirk Douglas, had passed away. They lived a long time. Yeah, they had quite a life. Yeah. They they got married in 1954 after they met in Paris. He was filming a movie, Act of Love, and she was doing the publicity for the right. studio. And they had two sons, uh, Peter and Eric, and then, of course, she was a uh, stepmom, bonus mom to Michael Douglas. But um, one of the best Anne Douglas, Kurt Douglas stories is he was supposed to be on Mike Todd's plane. That's right. Back and who's Mike Todd? He, he was the husband married of, of uh, Elizabeth Taylor, maybe her second husband. Yep. And uh, Anne said, "You're not getting on that plane. I don't know why you fly commercial, or you don't have a meeting now, but you're not going on that private plane." And um, as the story goes, like the next day after the 
plane crashed. The plane had left when they were driving on the freeway. They pulled over when the radio came on and said Mike Todd and the three other people on that plane had all perished in a crash. Right. And he looked at her and he said, I'm never not going to listen to you. I love that. Because they that's kind a great, of, yeah. She was just like, no, I just have a bad feeling. And and that's when, of course, Elizabeth Taylor ran into the arms of Eddie Fisher, who was married at the time to Debbie Reynolds and started their feud, which ended before Elizabeth Taylor yes. and both of them died. Yes. They became friends. So, so we've... Yeah. Full circle on that Full one. circle on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last night on Stephen Colbert, Mila Kunis is um, doing publicity. She's been around on a lot of different shows, and she's out because this movie, Four Good Days, is coming out, and it's a movie about addiction. Glenn Close plays her mother. Oh, yeah. I've, it's I've... based on a true story, and it's um, written by Pulitzer Prize-winning Washington Post writer Eli Saslow, I think. And um, it's supposed, it's a story about addiction and it's heavy and it's hard. But she was on talking with um, Stephen Colbert about her husband and some of the things that he wanted to invest in and her thoughts on it. Okay. And if you, in this clip, it's uh, Carson Daly introducing it and his kid is in the background making faces. So oh, I'm, that's right. If okay. You hear so people we have laughing. One. That's, uh, that's what okay. they're laughing at. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, Mila Kunis. <laughs> Last night, the actress sat down with Stephen Colbert and revealed some shocking investment advice. Oh, okay, we've multiplied here. That she gave her then-boyfriend, Ashton Kutcher, nearly a decade ago. Ashton, famous for his business savvy, Kutcher was an early investor. I mean, he's made a killing. He was there early on Airbnb, Spotify, Warby Parker. But Mila admitted that she hasn't always been on board with some of the companies that Ashton has wanted to be a part of, particularly when he tried to pitch her the idea of Uber. But he'll bring me companies and be like, here's a company we're thinking of investing in. So he's like, this is company. It's kind of like a cab company, but anybody can drive the cab. I was like, that's the worst idea ever. Why would this, ha- what do you, and he was like, let me get you this thing. It's called Uber. Let me just order it for you. You can test this out. And I was like, you're going to put me in a car with a stranger? What is wrong with you? Like, I was furious at him. That was first. Second time, uh-huh. it was but obviously he didn't listen to her. Yeah, and another and he time listened. he sat down and he's like, hey, babe, I got to explain this thing to you. Tell me if I'm crazy. He's like, there's this thing. It's like mining for money. It's called cryptocurrency. And there's this company, this eight plus, this was eight plus years ago, and it's called Bitcom. And she's like, I don't, why would, this is a horrible idea. I don't understand. Of course, he's an early investor, Bitcom. He was the first one to get Coin. him. No. Isn't it Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin, excuse me, Bitcoin. And he also was the early, he was the first one to get a million followers on Twitter. I mean, he's been in the techie world forever and been ahead of it. She was darling on Colbert. She's, I think she's darling. I didn't know you pronounced her name Kunis. Yeah, I mean, Carson would know, right? Mila Kunis. We called it Kunis. Kunis. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But it's you. It's K-U-N-I-S. Yeah. Carson called her cuteness. Cuteness. Well, let's just call her cuteness. Okay. Oh, cuteness. I like it. Let's call her Mila Cuteness, because she, I think, is really darling. (laughs) She really is. Mm -hmm. And speaking of darling, we're finally seeing a great photo of Josh Duhamel, who is the co-star in Shotgun Wedding with J-Lo. And um, Jennifer Lopez would like us to forget the dad bod hot picture side-by-side that A-Rod did two days ago. So she went ahead to her publicist and said, release something to People Magazine. And it's two stills from uh, Shotgun Wedding. They've just wrapped filming, so I don't know what happened with her and Lenny Kravitz, but we posted the photo. It's She tagged him on her Insta thing. Who? Um, Rod? No, J-Lo. She tagged Lenny Kravitz. She tagged, oh, you're right. yeah. she tagged everybody, yeah. but not J-Rod or well, A-Rod. No. no, why would she do it? Yeah, right, he's, not him. He's done. But that movie comes out 2022. He's so handsome, and he's Justin another is one so that handsome. we just felt like he was going to be a movie star. Well, you know who knows him is our... Um, Donna. Valentine? Yeah. Because he's from here. No, he's from North Dakota. Dakota. But Donna Valentine, she has a friend who's good friends with him. And, um, well, in our mind, we're good friends with them. Best. Remember when Lori went to a Timberwolves game? Oh, God. Um, Rocco, and I remember, and you had your long hair, and you were carded that night. I just got my extensions. Eight ounces of them. Eight ounces of extensions, and Lori had this long blonde hair, and she got carded. Twice at that Timberwolves game. Okay, and, and, and we're like in our 40s you yeah. know, at this time. And so she's like, wow. And so then you came home and you were like, Julia. I you were like, saw, how was the game? How was the game? I'm like, what I, game? I never watched. I just sat and stared at this beautiful man. Don't you remember? The binoculars, Josh Dumel was courtside. And I just, oh. once I spotted him, I never took the binoculars off. I knew everything that he was eating and drinking. When he went to the bathroom, I went to the bathroom. I didn't watch one second of the game. I was just like, I couldn't. He's really tall, Julia. He's so handsome. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute. And we thought, you know, Win a Date with Ted Hamilton was one of his earlier movies. And we just thought for sure straight. Straight He was on the TV show Vegas, Las Vegas. And he was obsessed with Fergie. Remember, yeah. she was a guest star on it or something. That was, that was a great show with mm-hmm. James Caan. And he mm-hmm. was, of course, uh, you know, Leo on All My Children. Yes, he was. Swept off a cliff into a raging river, never to be seen again. But that that is always a comeback, possibly. Absolutely. Nobody. Absolutely. But the thing about him replacing Army Hammer. Um, in this movie. In this movie. I love him. I love that he got this yeah. gig. The movie's not going to be out till next summer. But if you right. want to see the photos. She's looking... She's she's so gorgeous. Yeah. J Lo. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh another um George Clooney is going to be turning sixty. Oh. And he sixty's the new forty. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. they're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what the kids are saying on the street. Uh he gave an interview to us weekly. Uh-huh. And he this was this caught my eye. Okay. This comment. Um, about uh, the two of them, he said, um, things haven't always run smoothly for the pair. They put constant effort into their relationship. Like any marriage, um, they've had their challenges and needed to adapt to certain situations and other challenges. It's taken compromise, establishing boundaries, and a lot of patience to keep the relationship on track. But they've done just that. Have they been married even five years? Oh, yeah. They've been... George and Amal? Yeah. All right. 
But here's the thing that's surprising. I always wonder if this is tabloid reverse psychology. Okay. When they try to convince everyone that everything's perfectly fine, it makes me wonder if the opposite is true. I just thought it was odd. Yeah, I do too. That they're very solid right now, but things weren't always running smoothly. So... I don't know. I hope everything is okay. But the the thing I loved about the most about it is he absolutely loves being a dad. Oh, Lori. I kind of thought him always going to be the hands-on and he uh-huh. was going to be sort of, you know, the fun dad, but not right. that involved. But sounds like he really loves being a dad. And, and when you're older, everything is kind of just funny. Yeah. And he too, like many people turning the six out, he said, it's not great, but it's better than the alternative. Right. Which is what everyone right. has to say. All right, listen, we will be back. We've got a great author. We're looking forward to talking to Patty Call- Callahan. Her book is Surviving Savannah. Now, we are always delighted to have another addition to the Lori and Julia Book Club. And we are so happy to have New York Times bestselling author Patty Callahan joining us for her latest book, which we loved, Surviving Savannah. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi, ladies. How are you? So we are good, and we both just loved, loved this book so much. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. It's one thing to talk about the book. It's another to talk about it when you loved it. So oh, thank you, oh thank we you. really did. And, and honestly, Julia has been to Savannah. I have I not, lo- but oh. your book is going to make people want to go to Savannah very much. Yes, it's, I mean, it's lovely. You read it, you know. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, it's its own character. It has its own personality. It, you know, this very mystical and charming and so charming. And, and so, um, if you're just joining us, Surviving Savannah is the book. I can't tell you how happy I was to read this. And Lori, we just absolutely loved it. So, why don't you tell our listeners the setup of the book? Absolutely. Surviving Savannah was inspired by the very true Lost to Time, which is a cat to a historical fiction writer, Lost to Time, untold story of a shipwreck of a fancy steamship that blew up off the coast of North Carolina on June 14, 1838. It was carrying the elite of Savannah and Charleston north for the summer. And when I first started researching it, I discovered that a shipwreck hunting crew had found the remains. So there's a modern day element in the story also. Mm. This is in so seriously, because you said it took someone like a couple people mentioned it to you. And then finally, the third time you're like, well, all right, I'll look into it. And literally, was that when they discovered the ship? Isn't that crazy? That's random. Yeah. there, there was a there was a local mariner who kept trying to get me to write about this tragedy, and it never hit me right. And then finally, it did. Like he told me, and I got that thing. You ladies know the thing, you know the chills on the back of your head, mm-hmm. down your arms. I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to look into this. I look into it, and I discover that while I was bringing up the lost stories of the passengers. Somebody else, unbeknownst to me, was bringing up the lost treasure and artifacts. So I melded those two stories together and just took it as a sign that it was time for this story. Oh, Patty. So the ship was the, what is it? The Pulaski. 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 
Um, And you tell the story, you know, it's the between uh, Everly, who's the Savannah College of Art and Design history professor, and she's asked to guest curate this exhibit of the recovered artifacts. And then you also tell in alternating chapters from the point of view of this one family, primarily Augusta and Lily in 1838. And that just like those few nights of when the ship exploded and they were at sea and everything. And it was... So, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. It's a page turner. Yeah, it was it's, really, I was, we were on pins and needles every chapter. Yeah, the, the historical characters and the historical parts of the story are all set at sea. While yes. While they're floating, you know, some, most of the passengers who survived, only a third survived. They spent five days and five nights floating on a broken piece of the ship. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the ocean, yeah. in the middle of the night, right? And those that those characters, especially Augusta, were based on a very real family. And that family had boarded with the mother, the father, six children, a niece and a sister. And he was one of the owners and stockholders mm. in the ship. It's it's just such a good book, Surviving Savannah, you know, and you also, you know, it's a story about loss. It's a story about working through grief um, and relationships and just how different people express griefs and grief and come through it on the other side after a tragic loss. And you do it both in 1838 and in present day. Mm-hmm. I... I Patty, I have a hard time reading really big, thick books. I'll just be honest. <laughs> I couldn't put your book down. This this was one of the happiest oh. books. And your your publicist did such a good job, Kathleen, reaching out to us because she said, I think you'll like this. And I'm like, oh, love. Oh, thank you. Yes. The, when I first started writing it, like you, I thought, you know, how do I make, you know, all this tragedy hopeful and mm-hmm. full of of you know, uplifting and, you know, who knew 2020 was coming? You right. know, I'd written it before the pandemic hit. And um, while I was writing it, I knew it was about survival. But like you just said, it w- ended up being about so much more. And it hit me about three-fourths of the way through the book that it wasn't just about surviving. It was about how do we survive the surviving? Mm-hmm. And what do we do after we survive something? You have a classic line in it, and of course, I left my book in my car. Um, but you had a classic <laughs> line about that, about surviving. It's more than just living. It's you know the conversation that she has with the guy that brought up the ship. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Everly has Maddox. and and just Maddox, Maddox yeah. how they both process their surviving, and how it's just so much more. It's just brilliant. You're a great writer. I'm sorry we've never read you before. We're going to oh, welcome to Patty World. Well, we're, right. we're thrilled. We're going to. Um, Patty, you know, the other part of your book that um, I think that you also really, in a very moving and, and real way, explored the whole, you know, the history of Savannah and the enslaved people that yes. built Savannah, that made the city what it was. And you have that be part of the story and i think that you know especially with everything that's gone on and there's sometimes people don't realize when we say that there's systemic racism or that it's a 400 year trauma 
there's sometimes an obliviousness to oh, 100% and yeah yeah to that so i i like that you yeah, included, included yes. that part of the story and gave voice to that it was really important to me that i didn't like gloss over or add to the mythology mm-hmm. of the old south right that i didn't put this kind of gossamer and you know, because you, you visited Savannah, you can mm-hmm. go on the ghost tour, you can go on the antebellum tour, mm-hmm. you can go down to the riverside, and it's all beautiful, and it has this amazing mythology and legend and lore. I think I think one of my lines is, you know, our family is very big on legend and lore and mm-hmm. history and stories. And yet, I wanted, which was part of what I could do in Dual Timeline, is to hold this old and imperfect South up against this new and imperfect self and not turn away from the truth in, and what it really was. Mm-hmm. It's part of the story. To gloss that over does, doesn't do any of us any good. Yeah, it, and, and you really, you it really, was really did. You it, honored. Was, it was great. It I loved, was. Um, I think it was, um, I can't remember if it was Everly's character. Or she's talking and um, she's the, the one character says, you and I both know there's a difference between prejudice and obliviousness but sometimes it can have the same result. And I was just like, wow. Yes. Yes. And I interviewed this woman when I was working for the book on, on the history of Savannah. She worked at a museum and she used this great phrase I keep using, which is emancipating the past, mm-hmm. like letting it loose from the mythology and the, the kind of glossy thing we do mm-hmm. to make it look pretty. Right, right. How long did it take you to, to research, research this? I, yes. <laughs> I love when you guys say the same thing at the same time. I know. Um, you guys are adorable. Um, <laughs> it took me years. And the reason was a couple fold reasons, but mainly there's no seminal workout about this ship. There's no one book like the Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. There's no one source I could go to. So it was a gathering of many sources, many interviews, going museum to museum to museum, digging through file boxes at the Georgia Historical Society, trying to find the story and the relatives. And the other reason it took me so long is because research-wise is because so many of the passengers are so interesting. For example, one of the passengers who died was Judge Rochester, who's father founded rochester new york right and so i kept falling down all these rabbit holes right other passengers when i needed to be focusing on the family i followed um so i'd have to rein it back in and then i'd fall down a rabbit hole and rein it back in um yeah i I could see that yeah Yeah. um but i mean the book is just so good it's surviving savannah we want to know about you your co-host of a weekly web show and podcast called Friends in Fiction. Is is that a new thing that you guys started doing in the year of the pandemic? Yes. So that was the best thing to come out of the pandemic, except for my October book that I finished. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, four other New York Times bestselling authors, Mary Kay Andrews, Mary Alice Monroe, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Kristen Harmel and I got together one day on zoom because all five of our book tours had been canceled last march and said what are we going to do and i know you all remember a year ago mm. or oh six, yeah 13 months ago it was like wait a minute is the whole world going to collapse is publishing going to collapse is radio going to collapse what's going to happen 
So we got on Facebook Live just for fun, the five of us. Next thing we knew, it was a full-blown Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Facebook show. We've had on everyone from... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Kristen Hanna to Delia Owens to Sue Monk Kid to... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and so... Um, we had Jody Picot last week. So it has exploded. It's every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live on the Friends and Fiction page, which is now almost 40,000 members strong in one year. That's wow. awesome. That's awesome. We're going to check that We're, out. We are, you know what's interesting when you just said all that, Patty, is that so Lori and I have been on the air almost 19 years this June. And in the past year, we've wow. we've upped, we've done book reviews the entire time, but the past year, we've done like two novels a week. I mean, we're just... Well, because reading has been such a big thing, and then also because we know that authors aren't able to get out there, and people kind of like our book, book club, re- and we try and have as many great authors on like what well what i want to say is two of the members that you have your friends in fiction club with um mary Kay andrews she's coming on in a couple weeks for her new book (laughs) and the book of lost names by um kristen harmel she's coming on fiona davis for the lines fifth avenue was just on yeah i mean we we love the same kind of books she's a dear friend oh she's fantastic look at us we all love the same book. i know and so i'm glad we got to finally meet you um, oh, no, me too. I'm really excited. Fiona just showed the cover for her new book um, that comes out in January. She's brilliant. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, the Lions she's with, brilliant. The Lions Fifth Avenue was our favorite of hers. Yep, I agree. 100% agree. Uh-huh, 100%. That one had something. And then Lisa Wingate. I mean, we've had them. We love the same people. We love you. And we're yeah. so glad. The book is Surviving Savannah. This was such a treat for us. Yeah. What was the last great book you read, um, Patty? Oh, well, I'm so one? excited about Mary Kay's. I'm so excited about Mary Kay's new one, The Newcomer. It's hilarious. It's got a mystery. It's fun. It's, you know. And then I just finished a book that blew me away. It was Matt Haig, The Midnight Library. Oh, I just read that. Yes. Lovely. Didn't you love it? Yes. It's so different. It just, it was so different. I listened to it on audio and it made you think about. I did too. <laughs> because we can't help but think about like what would my life be like if I hadn't made that decision or right. that decision or yeah, it was fascinating. It, I loved it. That's a fun book, you know. Okay, so when you talk to Mary Kay Andrews next, she's on our show May eleventh. Would you? And the in the book of last names is coming on too. Just tell them, tell them you talk to us. Give them a thumbs up. <laughs> well, because of our show, we text 
all day, mm-hmm. every day. Probably like the people you do, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's nobody we talk to more than the people we do a show with. So the, I will hang up and I will tell them I, that I please they, do. I can't wait to talk and, to them. And is Reese Witherspoon going to not? This would be such a great miniseries or limited series. I could not agree more. And just like the visuals of Savannah of the past, like lying over almost like um, those those pages that you have that you can see through and you lay mm-hmm. them on top. Mm-hmm. Um, vellum, you know, the old South with the new South and the families and what happened to them and are they going to live? Here you go. Can we sing it, Rocco? It's a good male female duet. Yeah. That's pretty much my biggest FOMO of the last 10 years. Yeah, Rocco. It was, my wife didn't want to go. We it was about it. And it was go. so fun, and two of my girlfriends got into an epic fight. Oh. It just was everything. It and had everything. Drama, dancing. It was... And it was Rocco, awesome. I think we, my wife and I got into a fight for not going. You, oh, as, 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 as you... She was wrong. She was wrong. She was very, very wrong. It was a super (laughs) fun concert and every single song we knew. And he was at Mystic Lake. And he, we sat down with him at the Polo Lounge one night for Rocco, like an hour, two hours, hour hour and a half. I was going to say it was, and it was one of the most delightful nights we've had. He was looking around for a camera. He thought they were filming us for a reality show. He couldn't believe it. We were very silly that night. That's yeah. Right. And you're si- sure it was him? Oh, yeah. No, he invited <laughs> us to sit with him. Okay, good. And, and our friend Tanya knew him. So it was very... He got the invitation. It, it was funny. got the go-ahead. Okay, so he got to be solo oh. guest. Thank goodness Andy Cohen didn't try... And have Lionel Richie and a plus one in the clubhouse. Yes, like Luke Bryan or anybody else yeah. from Idol. Lionel had never been on, I don't think, because he was Mm-mm. spilling all kinds of tea, telling all kinds of great story. We'll just start with the simple life, okay? okay? Tell me your reaction when you saw the first episode of The Simple Life with uh, Nicole in Paris. I said, there goes the family reputation right down the drain. <laughs> I just, I, I just, you have to know that I was not ready for anything Paris and Nicole were going to do. I was out of my mind. But I found out five weeks later into this thing, it was a hit. And then I realized, oh, my God, this, the crowd loves this. Right, and right. From then on, I was the biggest fan ever. But I must tell you, they scared me too. It was happen. a journey. It was a journey. It was a journey. Okay. Tell- okay and okay, he yeah. just was like such... Who a great guest. Actor, artist. Um, yeah, go no, ahead and just, just play the next one because we won't have time. Yeah, okay, so this is the Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Okay. Who was the first big actor artist to welcome the Commodores into the fold and help you gain exposure? Oh, now wait. Let me just tell you, I'm, I'm sweating to death over here. I don't know why that is. Um, I think the person that I would say probably would be developing into the fold was what? Uh, um, give me. Um, Carrie Fisher's mother. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Thank you very much. Really? Debbie Reynolds was the one who actually, when we came into town, 
she was the one who said, oh my God, you guys are fabulous. I'm gonna show you around to all the all the people. And she took, I mean, she took me by the hand and just took me to meet everyone. She was such a sweetheart. Did not and expect that. That's too Debbie Reynolds story because Leslie Jordan has Debbie Reynolds yes. calling his mom after he shows up in the National Enquirer. So then he's got to get to We Are the World, of course. So of course. let's uh, talk. so good. Yeah, here we go. Of the writing process with Michael Jackson. Well, well, there's only one that comes to mind that scared me to absolute death was we were in Michael's room uh, trying to write the lyrics to the whole thing, and and I kept hearing this sound, <laughs> and I kept thinking, what the heck is that? Well, to my right, by lying on the floor, I am eye to eye with his snake albino python <laughs> bubbles. No, that was the monkey. This right. was not Bubbles. I yeah, was, no. Bubbles was, right. right. And all I can Muscles. tell you was, I was screaming like the last horror movie in Hollywood. Okay, you understand me? And he kept, now here's the words that got me. He says, oh my God, Lionel, I found him. I knew he was in here somewhere. Oh, oh no. But I haven't been, he lost a snake in his room for Don't the last two Don't do me weeks. that way. Oh my gosh. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. All right, let's play the, let's play the next, let's go to the Prince one. Okay, sure. Because that's shorter. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is uh, about Prince and We Are the World. Yeah. There was a rumor that Prince was supposed to be there, but he blew it off to go perform on Sunset Boulevard. Is that true? Prince was at Carlos and Charlie's. I'll tell you the absolute truth behind this now, since you want to really know the dirt. Um, and he said, I can come, but I want to record in a separate room. Mm. That was not what we wanted to hear. So the answer was, hang up the phone. Uh, we'll see you later. And wow. that's where it happened. I wonder if he no, ever wanted- wound up regretting that when he saw, you know. I, I wanted him so badly to be there, but you know, everyone had their own attitude at the time. Yeah. I'll say that in the nice way. And and so Prince and Michael and I were all friends, but the point was he wanted his in an isolated area and we wanted to make this a united front. Yeah. Yeah, Prince probably didn't want to hear yeah. all those voices and then he also told uh, Andy that Bob Dylan was the most difficult person to uh, locked down mm-hmm. for doing the song, and we did know that about that. Uh, but he was the first to show up. He said, "Yeah, yeah, you should check it on YouTube. There's like a documentary about We Are the World, and it's a pretty fascinating thing to have oh. all those superstars in one right. room for one night." But I mean, honestly, I could listen to Lionel oh. all night long, and I love that Debbie night Reynolds night all long. night long. Oh god, uh-huh. I didn't even mean to make that pun. He's got stories and stories, stories and, and stories. he's delightful and humble. Yeah. Which is shot. Yeah, he's wonderful. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.